0: Welcome to the Healthy Lifestyles podcast, located here in Northwest Phoenix, Glendale, and Peoria. My name is Dr. Nick Hunter. I am a doctor of physical therapy and I own and operate Preferred Physical Therapy, where we have helped hundreds of people aged 40 plus stay active and independent, live free from painkillers and avoid surgery, even if they've had pain for years. I have written over eight eBooks on how to treat common injuries and hosted numerous webinars, all in an effort to help educate the public on how to care for, and maintain their bodies to live with joy, dignity, and without compromise. This podcast is intended to help you make better decisions about your health so you can find joy in the journey by bringing together top healthcare providers, fitness experts, and nutritionists in the area to give you the knowledge and confidence needed to make good health decisions. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to the Healthy Lifestyles Podcast, located here in Northwest Phoenix, Glendale, and Peoria. My name is Dr. Nick Hunter. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, and I own and operate Preferred Physical Therapy, where we have helped hundreds of people aged 40 plus stay active and independent, live free from painkillers, and avoid surgery, even if they've had pain for years. I've written eight ebooks on how to treat common injuries and hosted numerous webinars, all in an effort to help educate the public on how to care for and maintain their bodies to live with joy, dignity. And without compromise this podcast is intended to help you make better decisions about your health so you can find joy in the journey by bringing together top health care providers fitness experts and nutritionists in the area to give you the knowledge and confidence needed to make good health decisions thank you for joining us today and today we're joined by dr sky harry another physical therapist graduating from the famed university of southern california is that correct Yes. Originally, you're from Pennsylvania. How did you end up out here in Phoenix?
1: Um, I came out to Arizona uh, to go to Arizona State, uh, where I majored in kinesiology. I just wanted something totally different from where I was from and try something new.
0: Excellent. And you have a lifelong passion of physical therapy that began at a young age when you were a competitive gymnast growing up. Uh, While in school, you continue to discover your passion. This is from the university or or from Arizona State, correct? Uh, Passion for treating elderly populations and fascinated by neurological conditions. You also gained experience in a variety of clinical rotations consisting of outpatient orthopedics, outpatient neurology, and inpatient rehab. You love challenging your patients to do things they've never thought they could or do again by combining knowledge of exercise, medical conditions, and syncing those up with patients' needs, goals, and interests, and striving to create an individualized treatment plan. And you have experience treating musculoskeletal conditions, post-operative patients, athletes, and those recovering from stroke or brain injury, degenerative diseases such as Parkinson's and MS, and vestibular conditions including dizziness and vertigo. And you are LSVT-BIG certified, which is a treatment protocol designed for Parkinson's patients. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. This is great. Sky, you like to lift weights, walk on your hands, crossfit, <laughs> hike mountains, run in the park, and, of course, cheer on ASU sports when they're going on. Did I miss anything in that introduction?
1: I don't think so. That covers it.
0: That's about oh, good. Well, we can also <laughs> talk a little bit about about our history because you and I have known each other for a long time. I was trying to even remember when when was it that... Um, that we first met because it was, you were doing an internship through ASU at my clinic when I was out in Mesa. What, what year was that? Do you remember? Yeah, I
1: think it was, let's see, 2014, maybe,
0: somewhere around there. Okay. It's a couple of years ago. <laughs> Excellent. And so, yeah, so Sky used to work for us and a phenomenal time because as we mentioned earlier, she is a gymnast and we would have competitions handstand competitions in the clinic. Um, we're pretty close I felt like uh, for some people yeah. <laughs> not at all you'd be up there for minutes at a time I think the only time you gave up was because your arms were getting tired not because you were falling over.
1: Yeah some push-up competitions too oh
0: yeah we won't say how those went let's leave that to the imagination oh well good um, tell us a little bit about physical therapies I think commonly gets some different ideas on people because everyone's got a little different interpretation on their experience or experiences they've heard about physical therapy tell us what's something about our profession that you would like to debunk for the audience
1: um so i think a lot of people when they come to physical therapy they have this idea in their mind that they're going to be getting a massage they're going to be getting ice heat packs um, electrical stimulation yeah. And then probably be given some exercises that they think maybe they could have looked up on the internet and do themselves. And I just wanna say that's completely wrong. And we do so much more than that. Um, so we go to school for what, seven years to get our doctorates and become these movement specialists. Um, and what that kind of means is we are able to not just decrease their pain, but also kind of. Hone into their movement and any compensations um, or any root problem that may be causing the pain, and actually, by finding that, we can correct their movement and then hopefully prevent the pain from recurring in the future. Um, so I think it's just way more than people tend to view it.
0: Perfect. I love that you brought that up. My dad is a physical therapist, longtime physical therapist, and he would would call it the hum treatment—the heat, ultrasound, and <laughs> massage hum treatment. And, and obviously we have issues with, with that today because we see that there's a lot of deficiencies in just thinking that massage or heat or these what we call passive modalities, these are treatment techniques that involve no activity from the patient. And while there is some place or some benefit to massage and some of those other passive modalities, we, we do recognize long-term the, the thing that delivers long-term success result and ultimately liberty from these disorders. Is movement and breaking down those movement disorders. I like to call them movement habits now because I think uh, motor program is kind of a word that seems like we kind of make up in the physical therapy world. But when we call them, mm-hmm. uh, you know, movement habits, these are ways that we all m- movement patterns that we develop just through the course of our existence, uh, for better or for worse, and. Sometimes folks will come in and say, you know, I'm right-handed, but my left side is what's hurting more, whether it's my knee or my hip. They'll have joint pain or breakdown on one side more than the other, and they're confused as to why that would be if they're dominant on one side. There's numerous speculations or theories involved as to why that is, but I think it goes into the the way that we move, how we move, and how we develop those muscles and programs around that area that would – put us either at an increased risk or decreased risk for these types of degenerative type pain problems. So I'm glad that you brought up the fact that we're, we're movement specialists more than we are anything else. Excellent.
1: And I think the education that we can provide too um, is huge and I don't think people realize how much that actually goes into the thought process of creating a treatment plan for someone and making it individualized. There's a lot of things that we're all considering like all the body
0: systems and everything put together. So. Yeah. Perfect. Why is it, why is it you're so passionate about helping people? And I know a lot of us in the medical health profession were we all are keen or passionate about helping other people. Was there anything in particular that you gravitated towards physical therapy and, in exploring kind of that, that biological mm-hmm. desire that you have?
1: Yeah, um, I think my answer is similar to a lot of physical therapists. Um, I, like you had mentioned, I was a gymnast competitively for a long time and I got injured and I know how bad it feels to kind of be out and not able to train, not able to compete. And so originally I would always wanted to work with athletes and help them get back to their sport that they love. Um, And then as I went through PT school, I kind of just found That there's so many other rewarding experiences in PT, whether it's getting someone to walk or getting someone to be more functionally independent or whatever it is, each experience with the patient is just so rewarding to me.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. It's one of those things that we studied in uh, in school. This is in my undergraduate, but the the psychology of injury, and this is more prevalent in athletes because of of how detrimental it can be to their psyche, but so much of their identity and so much of how they interpret who they are is associated to them being able to perform a sport or perform an activity in that sport. And yet we overlook how, even for us common folk, even for us non-professional athletes, you know, you and I and the majority of the people that we treat, we carry with us an identity to be able to perform or to be able to function to some, to some degree, to some level. And whenever that's disrupted because of, whether that's arthritis, acute injuries, or post-surgicals type um, procedures that then take us out of that identity, they remove us from who we consider to be us, there's a, a big conflict with how we how we move and how we go along, and and so I, I think it it goes unstated too often the need to 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 address. The psychology that exists that, that we can recover, that we can improve, and that here are some steps or some, some processes that we can expect along the way to regaining that identity, to returning to who we are, and physical therapy can help with that. Do you find that to be definitely. consistent as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's huge with athletes. I think it's huge with anybody. I think just like the whole independence thing, if you are to living your life, and Being able to do everything you want to do and something happens and now you can, um, it's hard for people to ask for help and a lot of times they have to and they don't like that feeling and want to be able to do everything they used to.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. uh, What's one thing that you wish people understood better about their bodies and how to take care of themselves as it relates to helping with maintaining an active lifestyle?
1: Um, that we are literally designed for movement, we're designed to move. Um, so if you're sitting around all day, your joints are going to get stiff, achy, painful. Um, we're not meant to do that. Um, and so getting up and moving and doing something actually helps to lubricate the joint, um, and it helps with muscle activation, even improves your energy levels. Um, So just doing something and moving is better than nothing. But for those who maybe already are avid exercisers, um, they should probably just be more aware of the importance of balance between strengthening, stretching, those sorts of things. I think we see a lot of injuries or a lot of pain that stems from uh, muscle imbalance in general um, some things too something's too tight some things too weak um, and usually um, a lot of problems can be solved by strengthening and stretching so if you have someone who likes to go to the gym and lift heavy all the time and they're not stretching they should really be aware of like the importance of stretching and staying mobile for their health and to prevent injury and same goes for if you stretch a lot doing yoga like maybe should also consider doing some stability training hips core shoulders um just to prevent injury and to be more overall well-rounded
0: person. Yeah, so you're speaking to cross training. Yeah. See, I think that's a great point to bring up because um w- when we look at active lifestyles it's it, it's a form of cross training from our sedentary lifestyle. You know, we we all have um Responsibilities, commitments that we have, whether that's to work, to our kids, or you know whatever the case is, to our grandkids, um, and so we get caught into a similar set of, of movements, a similar set of activities that we that we do most of the day. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. for a lot of folks now, it's sitting. It's sitting at home, sitting at a computer at a desk. Maybe it's even sitting at a at a, an office arrangement at home that is not set up perfectly for them. And now they're noticing that you know other things are breaking down, are having different pains that are atypical to what they normally experience. And a form of cross-training, a form of of kind of grinding the gears of, of our biology is to get up and do something, with it. and again, any kind of activity is, is better than nothing, but combining elements of the flexibility requirements of yoga, the stabilization programs in Pilates, the endurance training that you get through any kind of cycling, running, elliptical, or even swimming, as well as the strength benefits you get from a, a weightlifting exercise. Now, it can get very complex and trying to be strategic in including all of those elements, but it can be as simple as including one or two of those consistently over time to realize the benefits, especially from a, from a standpoint of if you're doing a lot of flexibility things, incorporating something in a, in a strength where, where it counteracts or counterbalances that. Same with any kind of uh, flexibility and stabilization or strength training, endurance and strength training. Something along those lines where there's a similar degree of alignment with those goals or intentions. So I think that's a great point that you bring up. And and to even think about the fact that that going from a a sedentary lifestyle or, or a desk type job to then going and doing something for 30 to 60 minutes a day is a form of cross training that does have significant health benefits on the back end, especially if our intention is to live a good life, a healthy lifestyle through the duration of our time here perfect now it, you you're in a clinic you work and you have for you graduated a couple of years ago from usc and i remember when i was about two years out of school it was to that point where i was feeling very comfortable um in treating patients and, and in, in how i was understanding or assessing different diagnoses and, and i had my favorites what are some things that you that you love to treat when you see people come in and you, you're doing an assessment and, and you know their motor programs or such or they movement habits are showing you something, what are things that get you excited or where you feel like I'm very confident or comfortable in treating these, these conditions?
1: Oh, as far as um, like orthopedic um, muscle, musculoskeletal pain um, that is from muscle imbalances, but my favorite is the shoulder. Um, I really like the shoulder joint because it's it's complex. It moves in all sorts of different directions and there could be so many things contributing to it. Um, So I just, I think that's kind of interesting to figure out. And there's also, you know, the far extremes of the shoulder where one is too stiff and one is too mobile. And um, so I've just always kind of liked the shoulder for that reason. Um, And then I see a lot of uh, geriatric populations. So we get a lot of people there just to improve their balance. They've been falling a lot. Um, So I've gotten really comfortable and confident with improving people's gait pattern, improving their balance, kind of educating and explaining to them the components of balance and how physical therapy will help them. Um, Also, the Parkinson's disease, um, which you mentioned earlier, the LSPC Big Program um, can be really helpful to make changes in their movement patterns pretty quickly. And then another one that I see, totally different spectrum, is dizziness. Um, I feel like I've improved my confidence with dizziness so much since school. In school, I felt like I barely understood it. And now once you've treated it so much in the clinic, it makes sense. And you can help so many people who didn't even realize that they could go to physical therapy for that.
0: I totally agree with you on vertigo and dizziness because I, I get so many patients who will come in on their first visit and think, what am I even doing here? My head is spinning, what is physical therapy gonna do for it? And we treat it so often, it's it's so common and so effective. That's one of my favorite things about it is within a few visits, you're seeing significant improvements. Often, eighty you know, research shows 80% of the time with one to two visits, that dizziness is gone. Now it's a matter of recalibrating the vestibular system so that it functions more normally. And those differences in, in dizziness are, are no longer as perceptible. So that, that is one of my favorites as well. Um, I especially like it when they they originally don't even come in for it, and yet it comes up in conversation about how they can't lay down or they can't sit back because they're afraid they're going to get dizzy, and then you talk to them about it. Uh, I had one patient who was in for her back. She had significant back issues, and we were kind of inhibited in what we can do because of this dizziness, and I said, well, have you ever had it looked at? She's like, no, but it's every time I lay down on my left side, the room starts spinning. It's been going on for five years. Five years? You never mentioned this to anybody. And she's like, well, talk to my doctor about it. But he says it will just go away or to stay out of those positions. And I said, okay, well, let's look at this. So we did the simple Epley. We did the assessment to make sure it was what we thought it was. That's the posterior canal. And we did the Epley maneuver to get to get it taken care of. Uh, and then it was – she, she had no problem. She came in for a second visit for her back pain. And she said, you know what? I haven't been dizzy since that thing that you did. I'm so grateful. It's been five years I've been dealing with this, and now it's gone. And it was just like so so simple, so gratifying because it often it does resolve on its so own, often it does go away without you know might linger for a couple of days and then it goes away, it's no problem. But you know in this case she had either reoccurring or just so such a significant degree of it that it wasn't so we did it and it was it was great. So I was it, it is a thrill. And then the shoulder, one of our favorites as well. It is very dynamic and it is one of those conditions or, or rather um, areas of the body that have a lot to consider before you just jump into treatment because I've had some patients tell me that they've got elbow pain. They come in, their elbow's killing them. It's this lateral elbow pain that they're always pointing to and saying, oh, my doctor says I got tennis elbow even though I never played tennis. And it's very common to get it without playing tennis only to go through an exam and see that it is a rotator cuff problem that's radiating down into the elbow. Elbow's got no problems. There's no pain reproduction with any elbow test. Or even wrist tests, but now we see that it's a shoulder issue. And with the neck, we'll see a lot of neck stiffness or neck problems, only to find that it's a shoulder problem. So that it does go into a lot of regions and has a, a far-reaching effects. Plus, when people can't sleep very well, which is very common with shoulder problems, to get them some relief so they can actually sleep through the night, that was a, that's a huge deal. So it, that's another fun one. Well, perfect. What about, uh, tell us, what guidelines do you tell people regarding return to activity, return to fitness programs when recovering from an injury?
1: So I like to give people either a warm up or a form of accessory work that they can do consistently. Of course, no one wants to hear that they have to do something forever. But if you just have maybe three to five really good exercises or stretches that shouldn't take you very long to do maybe you can do it before your fitness um, workout your routine um, as a warm-up or maybe you do a little bit of accessory strengthening every day but i would want to incorporate something to stretch whatever we found with tight in the clinic um, things to get muscles activated and ready to be used in a strength program so that they're using the correct muscle Um, and then if they had a problem with stability hip core, shoulder, whatever that might be, some exercise to focus on that, and they just continue doing that consistently, and I think the consistency is key. It doesn't have to be a huge long list of exercises, but just a few really good ones to do maybe every day.
0: Perfect. So you don't tell them to to stop moving, to lay on a bed or a couch, and don't do anything until it's all healed. No. <laughs> okay, good. Because that is one, I think, one common myth or common thing that we should debunk because um, very often people say, oh, I was told by my doctor to rest it. And so they go and sit or they lay down or they don't do anything. And and really the, the idea should be that, that we want to rest the injured area. And when we define rest, we're talking about perform non-aggravating or non-painful movements. Uh, but definitely stay active. Definitely be involved in doing it everything that you can that does not produce more symptom pain. Muscle soreness, muscle ache, those things are okay as long as they're not in line with the symptom or the pain that you are seeking treatment for. We don't want to reproduce or stay in a constant state of aggravation. It's a cycle that we want to get out of, but we also don't want to end up sitting and not doing anything because that's also not healthy and can slow down healing. The, The more we're able to get our heart rate up, You know, as long as our our heart is healthy, we can perfuse the areas of the body that need to get more blood flow. It's oxygen-rich blood, so it's it's all the it's the it's the perfect storm of healing factors that exist in the body to aid or increase recovery. So I'm glad that you you're also of the idea of not go rest and sit down for four to six weeks. Perfect. Tell us a little bit more about your background in fitness and exercise, because I think it does it does say a lot about, um, you know, we all have our own philosophies of care, our own philosophies of, of what activity looks like for us. And, and I've come from a background where I've been weightlifting recreationally for a long time. I've done a lot of endurance training. I've completed two marathons, several halves, a couple of relay Ragnar races, uh, triathlons. I've done a lot of things in the endurance world, um, and now I've, I've really liked CrossFit. I still play basketball. What are some things that you do, you know, in a vein to stay active and healthy?
1: Um, so after I stopped doing gymnastics, um, I started going to the gym and kind of being a cardio bunny, if you will, doing the elliptical and treadmill and things like that. Um, and then I eventually found out that I had lost my strength to do a pull up. And so that's when I found CrossFit. Um, and so I started doing CrossFit about seven years ago now. Um, and I still do that. Um, I don't know if I told you this one, I did run a half marathon uh, a couple years ago.
0: Um, kind of against my will but I completed
1: it. Yeah, with with
0: yeah. Sky with Sky worked we worked together at this other clinic we would do a fun run every March. Uh, we had a coworker okay. who had a, a 2.5 mile route that he ran uh, consistently and he, was, he called it his his route and so as a team we decided we would we would do this and so we did it every year for a few years and Sky was there one year and she made it abundantly clear that she had no intentions of going fast or even winning, and she was, again, yeah. doing it against her will. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that you did a half marathon. I, I never thought that yeah. hear that. and I think I learned a lot
1: about running training from that too because I don't think I did it quite right. I kind of progressed pretty quick with my miles. But.
0: Yes, excellent. So you do some, some weightlifting, and you mentioned the fact that you, mm-hmm. when you noticed you lost the strength to do a pull-up you wanted to make a change. Why was that important yeah. to you?
1: Uh, I just felt like I should be able to. I, uh, all those years of gymnastics and pull-ups were easy back then. I thought it was crazy that I couldn't do one anymore. So, I don't know. I just felt like I wanted to be strong again.
0: Well, that was actually the same kind of situation that triggered my change from endurance to something else. Uh, and so I got into CrossFit and, and more powerlifting, not in the sense to, uh, you know, to, to be exceptional at it, but more to preserve athleticism. What I've noticed is whenever I I go into a an endurance only training regimen, my ability to jump, uh, to climb, to, so I, I have four boys and so I could chase them around the, the park all day long, but if it came time to like jump up on a playground or, or pull myself up onto anything, I was extremely weak and I'd, then I I'd go try and play basketball. When I try and play basketball, I noticed I couldn't, I couldn't. Get down in the post to body anybody up because I was too weak. I couldn't get off the ground very well, and I couldn't move side to side. You, know, you start noticing that you have these limitations because of the way that we train. Our body is so is so efficient at adapting to what we demand of it, uh, in a good way, but also in a bad way. Going back to the to the sedentary lifestyle, or, or you know, a lot of work at home on a desk at a computer, our body adapts to what we the demands that we place on it. And a lot of times those adaptations aren't great in those long-term sedentary situations. And so making that change to place new adaptations on it is how you make how you make progress and ultimately how you sustain any level of athleticism and what we consider youth. So it is, it is one thing to, to consider. And for, for you, that situation was not being able to do a pull-up. What did you do next? <laughs> so you oh, started that? doing CrossFit? So then you started doing yeah. CrossFit after that? How many pull-ups can you do now? Gosh,
1: maybe
0: 44-ish in a row. Holy cow. That's (laughs) phenomenal. So you went from difficulty doing one pull-up to now being able to to sustain or continue to do up to 40 pull-ups at a time. That's phenomenal. Now, one thing that we hear a lot about, uh, or rather we're hearing a lot more about, but I think it's getting debunked more and more, is how common injury is in CrossFit let's talk a little bit about that because I think we have enough people who would be interested to hear, Oh, I hear CrossFit just gets people injured. How do you respond to that?
1: Um, I think that it's important to consider the coaching of the gym that you're at. Um, There's good gyms and bad gyms, just like there's good and bad with anything really. Um, there are ones where they program probably way too many reps and you will see overuse injuries and there's ones that do a really good job with warming up, stretching, accessory strengthening, um, things like that. Um, and they do a really good variety and have good coaching. Those gyms are the ones you want to go to. Um, and I think that you'll see much less injury. I think the, the big thing with injury and CrossFit is if you start being competitive and it is a sport. And I think that with any sport, as soon as you start competing and trying to win, um, that's when injuries are going to be more prevalent.
0: I think it's a, g- a great point that you bring up because I was talking to my wife, this exact conversation the other day about it. And uh, for me, my whole goal is, is I want to live to lift another day. That, that That's winning to me. So whatever I think, mm-hmm. Um, injury prevention, or, or how do I how do I manage so that I, I avoid injury? Is is anytime I feel like it's either off or too many, I'm not in a mood of of ego or pride that I, I should be able to lift this or I should be able to keep up with these people. It's a matter of um, I'm gonna I'm gonna slow it down or shut it down so I can I can lift tomorrow or I can exercise tomorrow. And I think commonly we get a lot of folks who. Uh, especially in the CrossFit area, what I've seen most of the injuries I've seen happen um, either because they they lack the accessory strength, which you brought up. Accessory strength is breaking down the components of these complex movements because CrossFit includes Olympic lifting or overhead lifting and a lot of body weight movements. There are muscles that need to be strengthened and conditioned prior to, to doing those things because of the load that's required of them. And so when you when she says accessory strength, she's talking about breaking down some of those movement into smaller components to work on those smaller components to then build up from a foundation into producing the the lift or the movement. So when you neglect those and you try and jump right to the outcome, right to the lift, there's a, a risk of injury. And then you add in the competitive element. It's this perfect storm, this competitive element of wanting to keep up with those around you. And then you 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 throw in fatigue, and fatigue's a big one because that's when we see that we have our form breakdown or our technique breakdown and that form and technique is in place to to help us to, to prevent injury. And when that breaks down because we're competitive and tired and we don't have the accessory strength, that puts us at risk for injury. And every sport has its injuries. Every sport has its its um, types of injury. And CrossFit is, is sometimes famous for sometimes severe or, or traumatic injuries. Um, but not exclusively, and so I think that's why it's it kind of got this bad rap of causing injuries because they were different. There were new kinds of injuries that we weren't typically seeing in the fitness industry, but they were happening in this, this perfect storm of competition, lacking accessory strength and fatigue. Good. Anything else about that that you want to talk about?
1: Um, I think there's enough out there on CrossFit now that there are – certain injuries that are more common than others. And if you're aware of those, you can kind of focus on how to prevent those. Um, one I would say would be like low back pain with squatting, deadlifting, those types of things, very common. Working on or with a physical therapist on movement analysis with those specific movements can really help. And maybe maybe you're limited in ankle dorsiflexion and can't squat well, or maybe it's your hamstring length or something like that. But Um, there are many reasons that you could figure out with a physical therapist. And then I would say the other two common ones are um, shoulder pain with overhead lifting or instability overhead. Um, And then another one would be wrist pain with just either holding the bar overhead or doing handstand push-ups and things like that, that their body has never done before, probably and isn't used to. And with my gymnastics background, I feel like we spent so much time um, working on these, we called them like foundations or these like really basic movements of having appropriate core strength and stability for all the things you do. And um, it was just strength and conditioning was such a big part of gymnastics. And I think a lot of that needs to be applied to CrossFit because we do do gymnastics movements and many people don't have those foundational things down yet.
0: So what suggestions would you make someone who's, who's new wanting to start? It doesn't have to be CrossFit, obviously, but any kind of new exercise regimen. um, One thing you did bring up was about finding a good reputable place with coaches who, who take their time to teach the movements or, or coach you along the route to, to fitness and wellness. What other suggestions would you offer um, in regards to this foundational movement or strength?
1: Um, I mean, the internet is a great place to look. I think the most important things are probably going to be your core stability, shoulder stability, and hip stability. Those are probably the big three, so if you look into those, you can find lots of information out there. Obviously, going to see a physical therapist is going to be more helpful for narrowing it down to the specifics for you. But I think the coaching thing is the big one, because if you have someone there with you who's watching, who knows what they're doing, they can come in and kind of maybe give you things you can work on instead, good modifications. If you don't have the mobility to do something, Um, a lot of gyms will offer like intro classes. So if you see a place with beginners classes or intro classes, um, those are usually good ones because they spend a few weeks with you training you and teaching you these things without just throwing you in without any idea what you're doing. So that's a safer way to go about it.
0: Good. Great point. Well, excellent. Sky, anything else that you want to go over or talk about? Um, one thing I, I commonly will ask my guests on here is what, what is one thing that you say every day to patients that you wish you could just have on repeat so that people could just, just hear it. What, what's one thing that you, you commonly say?
1: Oh gosh. Um, that's a hard one. I think just people expect these quick fixes and it's, it's not a quick fix. Like you have to put in the work and I'm going to give you my best tools and everything I can give you. And you need to give me that same effort level back and we're in this together. you know. Perfect. Um, doesn't happen overnight.
0: Perfect. I love it. And one thing that we say commonly here is that life is active and so is recovery. And so being patient with that process and how to understand what to do next instead of, instead of thinking it's gonna to happen to me or that someone's gonna do it for me, um, taking ownership of, of, of that need to be mindful of the activities and actions that look like recovery and that produce the outcome that we're trying to go after. So that's excellent. Well, great, thank you, Sky. It's been a great opportunity to have you on here. I appreciate it. What's well, a good way people can connect with you if, you have, if they have questions or anything that you said? What's a good email address or what's a good way to, to reach out to you?
1: Um, so, my email is my name. So, it's sky, S K Y E, Harry, H A R R Y, two, three, at gmail.com.
0: Perfect. Thank you, Sky. You're welcome.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Our- Thank you for listening to this episode of the Healthy Lifestyles Podcast. If you want more help, Check out our website at preferredptaz.com, where you will find our free reports on low back pain, hip, knee, foot and ankle, shoulder, and neck pain. Or you can find them by clicking the link in the show notes. Have a great day. Preferred Physical Therapy and the guests on this show does not recommend, endorse, or make any representation about the efficacy, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, products, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained on or available through this content. Preferred physical therapy and the guests in the show are not responsible nor liable for any advice, course of treatment, diagnosis, or any other information, services, or products that you obtain through this audio recording. For specific information regarding your case, please consult a licensed professional in your area. Thank you for joining us today.